episode of the House of Words podcast. We are your hosts. This is Nicole. And Armani here. And this week, we are going to talk about the latest movie from Netflix, or one of the latest movies from Netflix, Extraction. And we are also going to talk about uh, Apple TV, some series on Apple TV that we have found, and what we are watching, in particular, a show called The Servant on Apple TV. Yeah. Before we jump into it, though, how's your day going? It's going pretty well. You know, this quarantine still going on day 642. Um, But, you know, we're making it through. We are pushing through. Like, it's there's been some rough days and there's nothing wrong with having some rough days. Just make sure you balance out your rough days with some good things. I'm starting to kind of get into a routine in the morning. Like, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to go walk come in and start doing like something so it feels like a normal kind of work day yeah i would say i think that's important to have some like some sense of normalcy during all of this it it really is because everyone's losing track of days and that's when you know it's like it's bad because you just don't even know what day it is half the time so and it's like most time you're not even doing anything so you got people just feeling like what's the point yeah and shout out to to the essential workers the people who are actually doing something every day and out there having to be in the thick of it. Although Texas is planning on opening up this Friday. So May 1st, I think it's Friday. Texas is planning on opening back up. We'll see how it kind of pans out. I'll be staking inside. Obviously, I'm staking inside. I'm still working from home. Yeah, I was about to say, guys, if you're in Texas, just stay inside. Let yeah. the first wave just <laughs> die out. Yeah, not die out. Not like. die out necessarily, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like let's just ease into it i understand everyone wants to get the economy going back open just because like there are a lot of people who are unemployed and out of work so i just want to go outside i want to go inside and eat somewhere i miss i'm gonna fucking live it up at a movie theater at some point in the future like i miss i'm gonna miss movie theaters that's the thing i miss i'd love to have a job speaking of movie theaters (laughs) i'd love to have a job again yeah. I'm just hoping. I'm like waiting for an email that's like, hey, so, you know, just checking in to see what employees we still have. I'm like, I'm right here. <laughs> Come on. I'm waiting. Okay. Well, let, okay. So let's talk about Extraction. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into it. So Extraction is on Netflix. It stars Chris Hemsworth. Thor. You already know. Thor. If you don't know who Chris Hemsworth is, like, you, how did you find this podcast? Because. <laughs> you haven't listened to anything else, I guess, I'm guessing. Not only that, like, what have you consumed anything else? But, <laughs> yeah, so Chris Hemsworth, it takes place in Mumbai, India. It starts off. So, basically, Chris Hemsworth is either a paramilitary or, like, I don't even know. Merc for hire. Yeah, like, a merc for hire. There you go. Yeah, that's what I got from. Okay. His team gets assigned to rescue this drug lord's son. This drug lord, his kid's been kidnapped, and he's going to pay them to go in and get him out. That's where it starts off with, we get him going in. Actually, and it takes place between India and Bangladesh. I think the bulk of it actually takes place in Bangladesh is where it seems like it's at. He goes into the apartment in the beginning and he's asking the dudes for proof of life. And they're like, where's the money? And he's like, give us proof, give me proof of life. So Chris Hemsworth is going back and forth with this dude and the dude points a gun at his head and it's like basically a game of Russian roulette type style and Chris Hemsworth doesn't even yeah flinch. I guess if you have like one chamber yeah <laughs> so this was my my take my thing here was he was still really trust because he was like oh there was no magazine in it but you're trusting that these fools really know how to clear a gun because oh you're right if just because you, you got a gun don't mean you know how to use it exactly because there could have been you know a magazine in there at one point they could have had one in the chamber and drop the magazine, but if they didn't clear it and take it out the chamber, bro, your head could have still been gone. So, yeah, you was real trusted in these fools. So there was that. <laughs> so he gets proof that the kid's still alive. They go to take him out. And this is like the first action scene that we get in the movie. Mind you, yeah, this movie pops off from the get-go. Yeah. Pretty action-packed from the start. Starts, you know, beating the shit out of people in the stairwell. One of the things, again, another... Well, real life takeaway, which is actually, so survival tip. If you're ever, hands are ever bound by zip ties, you tighten them all the way, you can easily break them, hmm. which is what he did in that stairwell. Like he tightened it and then he was able to break it. That's a real thing. So mm-hmm. now like I've been ever like tied up with zip ties or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But just in case. Yeah, just in case you ever get tied up with zip ties. That was actually something that they do teach you 
we were going to MP training just in case. But smart, honestly. Yeah. So he clears the house. He gets little kid. We see this drug lord who had the kid previously. Like the first time we see him, he's on a rooftop with one of his goons and a bunch of kids, and he's like chucking them off the roof because one of them stole something from him. I'm just like, God damn. And again, when we watched this, it was oh, it was her second walkthrough and my first. And I didn't even realize this is just the beginning of the movie. <laughs> everything that was going on. Yeah. Uh, so he's chucking the kids off because they stole some shit from him. Mind you, Chris Hemsworth now has the kid. And he's making his way to a boat. So that's the thing. So the, the, the drop-off point to drop this kid off was they were going to get to a certain point. The, the drug lord dude was supposed to give them the money. And then they were going to get the kid on the boat. Well, that didn't go as planned. They get towards the boat. And then his team starts getting killed. Which I felt bad for old boy with a beard. With the beard. There's always a mercenary that looks like that. Like every <laughs> mercenary game. Like the dudes in Breakpoint look like that guy. There's just one that's your, fits your OP. Your OP fit. <laughs> We're not even going to talk about that. <laughs> you know where this was going. Yeah. His team just taken out. They get killed. And... Now he has to run from these other guys who are coming after. So it looks like the police are kind of descending on the boat. It's and the police are under the kidnappers, like I guess under his. Well, no, see, so that's what it seemed like at this point. Oh well, the kidnapper, yeah, the kidnappers' pocket. Yes, you're right. Um, They are not the guy whose kid was actually kidnapped. Again, all hell is breaking loose. To me, this was the highlight of the movie. Let's just let's just let's just jump to it. The highlight of the movie. Was this part right here because there was a vehicle chase scene that starts here. And this is what I like had because you were like, yeah, you were kind of already off the movie mm-hmm. from your first like. I just I just don't like action movies. That's my thing. Who says that? I like Marvel movies. Let me live. At least I like those. <laughs> that's all that matters. I don't know who says I don't like action movies. That's that's an interesting take. But OK, I'll let you live with it. I mean, it's just your thing. Everybody's entitled to like what they like. But the chase scene. It was very well shot. Like the cinematography for this chase scene, it looks like there are parts of it that were they did not cut away. Like it looks like it's a continuous shot up until the cars crash and they go from the back seat of the car out that back window. There's no fucking way that was a continuous shot. I don't know. I don't know. It's possible because I was just about to say that it's impressive if you think about the fact that there's someone that's holding that camera. There's someone has to get that shot. And that's the thing. Like, I'm like, did they, they had to have stuck a GoPro on someone's head. Like, whatever they're shooting with this. And just them through the window. Yes. Like, this is not, someone's not holding this in their hand. There's no fucking way. This has to be either, well, you're not getting a, a camera on a crane in a car. Mm-hmm. So, but, so if it's attached to a person, it has to be like, it has to be attached to a person. Like, there's mm-hmm. no other way to get these shots but then someone but someone, someone having it happened fucking yeah they got them that's for goddamn sure but i feel like at that point when it goes from the back seat out that back window and he's like talking and it shows the car like that had to me i feel like that had to be a cut unless someone legitimately crawled out that car but it was just too, too smooth for it to be someone beautiful transition it was yes it was a very beautiful transition there's a lot of great transitions in this movie fuck the acting because like now you're there's starting to be reviews people are starting to comment on it and you're gonna start to see things on twitter and facebook and people are talking about how it was almost a mediocre movie it's if it's any not if that any bad. it's yeah. a netflix movie chill out but it's all it's a russo brothers movie like the russo brothers did this also it's very captain america civil war very avengers like it's it's just it's very action packed point blank period like if you enjoy action movies you'll like it it doesn't really have the greatest it's got a very thin storyline to it which truthfully okay so let's just get this let's get to this part um what we end up finding out though is that the kid's dad decided he didn't want to pay the mercenary team so he sent in his own people so this dude that chris hemsworth is now fighting with in the streets of bangladesh is actually working for the kid's father. So he's trying to get him back because he didn't want to pay. But Chris Hemsworth doesn't really... Well, he knows that he's not getting paid or that mm-hmm. he didn't want to pay him at this point. No payment in the bank. Yes, but he doesn't want to just like let the kid out there in the street and his team is like, yo, drop that little fucker in the middle of the street and let's get out of here because we're not getting paid for this shit no more. Which is understandable. I can't lie. Can't lie. I might have had to let him go. Facts. 
There's some little like cutaways to Chris Hemsworth like channeling a kid. He's obviously a mercenary with the past, a sad past. He lost somebody. Looks like he lost family. Mark with a heart. Basically. But then we learn a little bit about the hitman on the other side of this, the one who's working for the kid's dad. We find out he has a family. And what you didn't make it to because you quit watching the movie <laughs> was basically he told that guy, he was like, bring my son back or I'm going to kill your family. Because there's a point when the hitman guy calls, let's call him Hitman B, a.k.a. not Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. He calls his family and he tells his wife that if you don't hear from me in 24 hours, take all the money and leave. So he's trying to get this kid and there's, it gets to a point maybe about three quarters away through the movie. We're getting close to the end now that him and Chris Hemsworth come face to face and he tells him. And I actually had to rewind this because I missed it because I was like, how the fuck did he get the kid and where is Chris Hemsworth? So what had happened was they got face to face or whatever. And he was like, look, he told me that if I don't bring his son back to him, he will kill my family. So the Christians were like, all right, fine. To get him at, like protect him and get him at it. Cause now he's kind of yeah. become attached to the kid. Cause like at this point he's going to the same place. Basically just get the kid out of here alive. He, you know, he, there was a really bad scene with, um, Har- Harper. What's his name? From Harper. From Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yes. His name Harper. Okay. Um, we're going to call everybody names about other things they've been in. So Harper's in this movie and he plays a Merc too that was friends with Chris Hemsworth at one point in time, but he was sent in to kind of like shut this shit down. So he tries to kill the kid and he scares the other kid. And he's just like, I want to go home. And I felt so bad for him at that moment because he was crying. I want to go home now. I go home. So they do the old switcheroo. They, they exchange hands and he's trying to get the kid out of there. Um, no, this is after they've done beat the shit out of each other. Multiple times. Multiple times. Got hit by multiple cars. <laughs> yes. I do not want to walk. I would never want to walk on the streets of Bangladesh based on what this movie looks like. That's just mm-hmm. not on my to-do list. I'm pretty sure it's probably beautiful parts of that country, but this movie was not filmed in any of them. They get to this bridge, and this is where, this is like the end of it. So third act, essentially, of this movie takes place. Them trying to get this kid across a bridge. And the guy who kidnapped him has like all his people out there. One of his generals, when he sends, he's like, you know, get everybody to the bridge. Cause Chris Hemsworth is creating a distraction and trying to like draw people away from him and why he gets them across it. But then of course that doesn't work. Was it gonna be that easy? Yo, his general was like, yo, get my rifle and meet me out there. So he <laughs> goes out there and uh, so he has the kid hide in a bus. Mercenary B is out there like just killing everybody. Like, just fighting everybody, killing everybody. Again, more great action. And then the fucking sniper takes him out. Like, he gets shot uh, through the fucking eye. <laughs> Ooh. Not even, not even a possible Not shot. even a possible. Like, straight through the back of his head through his fucking eye. And I was just like... Like, you're gone, buddy. Sorry. I, like, I wasn't expecting that. Like, that I didn't expect to happen. I was like, oh. R.I.P. to you, R.I.P. to your family. Yeah, I was like, damn, man. Because at that point, you're rooting for this guy. Like, you want him to to make it out of there, but no such luck. He had already radioed Chris Hemsworth and told him, like, I need your help on the bridge. So he was already making his way to the bridge. And then so was the, I guess, B team for Chris Hemsworth's people. It was led by this female. Um, and she comes in there with more people. And they're, like, trying to bring in a helicopter to get to the other side of the bridge. So she gets out there and she sees that there's a sniper. So she's got a she's got her own sniper rifle. Yo, this bra got out there, posted up underneath a truck, and the general sniper dude was like looking like he was following Chris Hemsworth. So you're like, oh fuck, is he gonna shoot him too? Like, what's about to happen here? Mm-hmm. But she's she manages to take him out before um, he's able to shoot him. So a nice little you know high anxiety kind of like little shooting thing, but. Yeah, a lot of a lot of gun action. So you know, slight gun kata, mm-hmm. not fully, not equilibrium <laughs> level gun kata, but the movie's real reminiscent of. Yep. Here's where I looked at this and I was like, "This is go ahead and say it because that's exactly how I felt." It's real reminiscent of that time period when Man on Fire and The Book of Eli and all of those yeah. movies came out. So let's just keep it a buck. This movie's Man on Fire, with starring Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> because. As he's getting across his bridge, his ass gets shot. 
He gets shot. He gets the kid. And he's like, run for the chopper. Like, see that helicopter over there? Run. And the kid's like, no, I don't want to leave you. He's like, hurry up and run. No, I don't want to leave you. Hurry up and run. Um, so the kid, you know, runs <laughs> to his backup. And he's out there trying to draw a fire. And he's taking folks out. And earlier, there was a set of little badass kids who were working for the bad drug lord. Bad, I guess. But who was working for the one <laughs> who kidnapped. culturally innocent. Yeah. For the one who kidnapped the kid. And Chris Hinworth had, like, beat the shit out of him and he embarrassed him. So the kid had told him, he was like, if given the chance, I want to be the one to take him out. So this dude pops up. Fucking Omar from the Wire style. I was style. about to say, so he just took him out like Omar from the Wire. That's the first thing I thought. Yup, exactly. Pops up, shoots Chris Evans to the fucking neck. I was just like, oh, we were, this is really a man. This is what I was like, this is really a man on fire. Like, he's just not going to make it. He's, he's done. So he's like holding on to his throat and going off to the side of the bridge. And old girl starts coming down there, like firing on the kid and shit. And then he falls over the bridge into the water. And I'm just like, well... If that water's cold, could he save him? But I'm pretty sure water in Bangladesh is warm. Like it's a it's a warm Asian country. Looks hot there, looks hot in this movie anyway. <laughs> so it always looks hot. It's got that green sepia filter over it. Yeah, it just looks fucking hot and sweaty and smelly. Like it looks funky. Um that's the thing when they shoot movies in places like this and it just looks like it's funky as <laughs> fuck. Like everybody look hot and musty. <laughs> it's how it looks. So I'm like, I don't think falling into warm water with a gunshot wound in your neck it's gonna stop the bleeding i don't know maybe there's some science behind that possibly but anyway so he's gone and then the movie ends with the female head of the team taking out the drug lord who had the kid killed and the kid is at some you know nice school and but comma always a but there's always Always a a but (laughs) there's a but so Kid jumps in the water in the pool, like he comes up, and you just see this blurry figure standing there. So you assume it's Chris Hemsworth. So it's like he survived? But I think that was the thing with Man on Fire. Did Denzel Washington survive or not? Because it was always that thing where it's like it seemed like he died, but there was like maybe he survived. I don't believe he survived. I don't think he actually survived either, but Yeah, so Chris Hemsworth may have lived. So overall, my feelings about extradition is it is a good action movie. If It's a good action movie from start to finish. The storyline is very thin. You've seen it before. I've watched it once. I probably will not watch it again. So no replay. No replay. Okay, that's fair. From no. what I did see, it was a good movie. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, I'm good on it. Like, I see, you've seen it once, you've seen it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely <laughs> makes me want to see Thor do more action. Things. I would like to see Chris Hemsworth do more more action. I mean, we've seen Thor kick ass. Like, I've seen Thor do this. But I do want to see Chris Hemsworth in more movies, I guess. So it's just, you know, what's next? But will he be pigeonholed into this... Action guy. Action brute, like... No, I think because of, like, Men in Black, he's he's shown he's pretty versatile. That was kind of little slaps because he was kind of silly in Men in Black, right? Yeah, I don't remember. I feel like I watched started that movie and felt. Didn't I fall asleep in the movie theater in that? Yeah, yeah, he, he did. <laughs> okay, so, uh, but what I did see of it, I kind of remember him being slightly silly, kind of nonchalant. So yeah, I mean, I I, I I will I will watch something if Chris Hemsworth is in it. Don't get me wrong, I'll watch anything with any Hemsworth in it. Liam too, so, mm-hmm. I'll watch it. All right, so. On that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back to talk about the servant. This week's episode of House of Blurred's podcast is brought to you by... Us. Yeah, it's brought to you by us. And if you would like to help us sustain this here podcast, here's a few ways to do so. First up is by subscribing to this podcast, rating, and leaving a comment on whatever app you're listening to. Second is by sharing a link to this podcast on your social media. If you're on Twitter, make sure to use the hashtag PodIn. That's a now listening hashtag that lets other people know that you're listening, and it's a great way to find other podcasts by creators of color. If you would like to help us out with a little coin in 2020 to keep this thing going, you can donate via PayPal, and that's House of Blurreds on PayPal. We keep it easy. All one word. If you want to check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash House of Blurreds, there you can choose to donate as little as $1 a month or more. No amount is too small. And all support is greatly appreciated. Yes. And again, thanks for listening. And now back to the show. 
Welcome back. So now we are going to jump into the servant. Yes. So if you, go ahead. It's on Apple TV. Yes. So that's that's first and foremost. <laughs> if you don't have an iPhone and you're not paying for Apple TV, you're shit out of luck mm. on this one. But if you've recently upgraded because I upgraded my phone and I got a year free of Apple TV with my upgrade, then you're in luck. <laughs> Yay. Then continue to hang out with it. The Servant is it's by M. Night. It's an M. Night Shyamalan creation. So you know we're getting twists. Yeah, we are. It stars Lauren Ambrose. She plays this woman named Dorothy. Uh, now, Lauren Ambrose, if you've ever watched Six Feet Under, she was the little sister, the daughter on Six Feet Under. She's been in other shit. Couldn't tell you what it was, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, yo, she looks familiar. Then I realized Six Feet Under. So old school HBO Showtime. Things on Showtime. Yeah, old, old school Showtime viewers. If you watch Six Feet Under, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Toby Kebble, I think that's how his last name is pronounced, plays her husband. Sean. Now, he played huh, my favorite villain in the MCU, God Doom, in the, I don't know what fucking, bird, the last Fantastic Four. Okay, so. I was like, he definitely was not that guy. <laughs> no, wasn't no. Cole from yeah. Charmed. No, not Cole <laughs> from Charmed. <laughs> that's my second favorite. You know, he did a really good do- job as Doom, but I, I liked that last Fantastic Four. Like, I didn't have a beef with it. I didn't watch it. I liked the OG Fantastic Four, to be honest. Didn't see a problem with it. All right, let me take that back. Movie was trash, but his portrayal of Doom was good. And I just want Victor Von Doom. I don't even fucking need the Fantastic Four. Like, fuck the Fantastic Four. Just give me God Doom and Thanos. Well, I guess we ain't getting Thanos because Thanos is dead now. But give me, just give me Doom and Doctor Doom and I will be like, that's what I want. I think that's what they're going to do. I think that's the direction they're going to go yeah, after sure. they do the Sinister Six. You, the, you think they're going to do the Sinister Six outside of Spider-Man? Yes. I think once they all get together. Because I feel like at some point they're going to not necessarily stick to the OG Sinister Six, but they're going to try to incorporate. Because then what, what's everyone else doing? Spider-Man's own person putting in work? Right? Everyone else is just relaxing. Well, I mean, we're, we're totally getting off on a tangent. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the servant. So we will revisit this, what the fuck we want to see mm-hmm. in the MCU conversation at a later time. We're going to bring it back into the servant. And then um, the other main characters are a young lady named Nell Tiger. Her name is Nell Tigerface. Who? Just why? <laughs> Um, yes, her name is Nell Tigerface. She plays their nanny named Lauren. I think her name is Lauren. Yeah. And one of my favorite gingers, Rupert Grint, a.k.a. Ron Ron Weasley, Weasley. is in this thing as well, but I hate him in it. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't have his English accent. No, because, of course, being M. Night Shyamalan, it takes place in Philly, which I ended up Googling, which I never had Googled before, like why all his movies take place in Philadelphia. He's from Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Well, you probably already knew that. So the first episode is called Reborn. We meet Dorothy and Sean. They're hiring a nanny. Um, Sean is, actually, we don't know that, that, but they're looking for a nanny. So one of the things that irked me about this first episode, because it irked me like right off the bat. <laughs> right off the bat. Right, right off the bat. The fucking extreme close-ups. I hate, I, as, I love the cinematography and expedition and extraction, and I fucking hate it in the segment. These extreme fucking facial close-ups in this first episode, I was like, I hope they stop. <laughs> I really so do that no more. fucking hope they stop. Yeah, it kind of makes the scene awkward in a way. Because it's like, why is this? It's a solo shot of one person. Yeah. And it kind of makes you dizzy in a way. Do like it. We, and we learn, we clearly kind of see just in the conversation between Dorothy and Sean that this bitch is off. Like, she's kind of cuckoo. We don't know why she cuckoo. We don't know how she But she comes off as like, she's a little off for sure. So... They hire this nanny. The nanny comes and arrives late at night. So they bring her in and they're talking to her. And she also seems kind of weird. Like the nanny clearly seems weird too. Mm-hmm. So they hire her and do we, I don't think we had seen the baby. Like they kind of just gave no, her a tour of the house and things like that. The next morning, um, we see Dorothy with this baby. And yeah, because she gave the baby to Leanne or some shit like that. Somewhere in there or whatever. So then the nanny has the baby. Or no, no, back up. We didn't at that point because after that, everybody had like went to bed. Sean went into the baby's room and goes, he picks the baby up by its feet. Yeah, and he like and knocks like, it upside the crib. Yes, and like he hit the fucking baby's head. First of all, I was like, why is he picking that kid up like this? Is this dude crazy? Like, is he abusing this baby off the back? Like, is this what we're doing? I like 
covered my mouth <laughs> when that happened. I like gasped, like what the fuck? <laughs> when he hit, when the kid hit his head against the thing. But then we we clearly we come see, to see it. it's, it's not a real baby. Like it's a fucking doll, a creepy looking doll at that. A very well made baby doll. So it's not a real baby that they just hired a nanny for. So now we're starting to be like, okay. So next morning, Leanne has the baby and Dorothy's getting ready to leave for work and she's kind of giving her instructions and telling her stuff like that. And then Dorothy leaves. So then Sean's like, yo, you can chill out now. She's gone. And she's like, what do you mean? I can chill out. He's like, cut the shit. She's gone now. Like, clearly you see that's not a real baby. It's called a reborn doll. And what happened was they had a baby that died of SIDS at like 13 weeks old and Dorothy had a complete shutdown. She had a mental, yeah, mental break, break and we completely catatonic for weeks. Now they said for weeks, which I think is actually an important piece of information here. So she was catatonic for weeks and then they had this doll created to help like with therapeutic transference or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, and that helped. To basically help them grieve to move on. Yeah. Um, that's clearly not how this is working. But it brought, it brought her out of that catatonic state that she was in. So now they're just trying to like, okay, let's see how long this can can stick without her breaking. Yeah, and kind of like wean her off of it, I guess. Plan? I don't know. How do you wean someone off their baby, though? That's, <laughs> there was no, this plan wasn't going to work. No, or maybe they just hope like at some point she would just like realize like, oh shit, like this is not real. Like she would just come out of it, I guess. Um, but the only people who are aware of the, the fact that their baby even died is their parents or them. Um, her brother, Rupert Grant, plays Dorothy's brother and now said nanny. So she, the, but the nanny though is not like in any way acting like this baby is not real. Like she's full on, this is a real baby. So now Sean's kind of freaked the fuck out. Like what is wrong with this? So she's like, I'm gonna take him for a walk. So she leaves and then he starts going through her stuff because that's what you would do in this crazy bitch you realize He's now in your smart. house. I would, I would as well. Yeah, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is she on? So yeah, he, something's gotta be up. He goes through her stuff and he finds this kind of, I want to call it a voodoo doll. It's like a wooden. Maybe voodoo. You right. You know what? You you're absolutely right. So she got this little fucking thing. Looks like something from the Blair Witch Project. We'll go with that. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. All right. There we go. There we go. <laughs> one of them little wooden things that was hanging in the Blair Witch Project. She got one of them in her drawer and he like stuck, poked himself on it, which it doesn't like, it's like that much wood to where you get a splinter. Yeah. yeah. How you hold like that? So he shoves it back in there and then like later on in the day, his wife comes home and she's all like, did you keep, did she keep the baby up for me? And he's like, did you ask her to? We learned that Sean is a chef. So he, he stays at home. He is a chef consultant. So he likes creates meals for chefs or like test out meals and stuff like that. But he, he essentially mm-hmm. works from home. What I didn't get about this part was why does the nanny have to live in house if he doesn't go anywhere? That I wonder too. And I think because of the fact that because he does legitimately work a lot in keeping up with the ruse of when she came out of her catatonic state, the plan probably was for them to have a nanny for their baby because she's a news anchor. We learned that she's a news anchor. So she, you know, works late, later into the evening. So she would not be home. And if this was a real baby, he would not be able to give it full attention and fully do his job. It seemed like, but it, he didn't seem like he was that busy to where he wouldn't be able to take care of a baby. At all. He's just sipping wine and throwing it down the drain. Basically. So I feel like even if there had been a real baby, he probably still could have tended to it, maybe. But that was probably the plan from the gate. So when she came out of her state, it probably wouldn't have made sense to be like, although I would have fought it. I would have been like, look. I can, you know, take care of the baby and I can get my work done at the same time. This way you're not wasting money. But they didn't do that. Um, so they hired a fucking nanny <laughs> for a doll baby. <laughs> um, so Leanne ends up hanging up the little Blair Witch thing that she has above the baby's bed. And we see, we learn that like Dorothy's breasts are like engorged. Oh, ew, ew. Yeah, they're clogged. <laughs> yeah, they're clogged. Um, which is why that two week of two weeks of her being catatonic was a, I think actual like notation because literally like if you don't breastfeed for a while, your boobs start to dry. It, they, yeah, they could become engorged. I don't understand why she just wasn't pumping. Uh, well, no, because she was catatonic for two weeks. That's why she wasn't pumping. But so that led to her breast being engorged. So we get this scene where like her and Sean are talking and she's like rubbing her breasts. And he's like, could you stop playing with your breasts? Their conversations though, sometimes like <laughs> Dorothy seems so out of it and so incoherent sometimes and just like fucking ditzy. And then all of a sudden she will say some shit to just fucking verbally cut that motherfucker down. Like, 
Whoever wrote her dialogue, I like it. Yeah, I'm like, how do y'all still like each other? Basically. <laughs> she, she be saying some off the wall shit to him. So at the end of the episode, um, Dorothy goes to work and Leanne's like, because he told Leanne, he was like, look, you know, you're young. Cause we learned she's like seven. She's like, what, 18? She's 18. So she's, she's in her 21. Mm. And she doesn't drink. She's very religious. Yeah. So, and that was this thing. Like, that was a conversation they were having in the bathroom. He's like, you know, she's super religious and I don't like it. And Dorothy was like, so what if she brings a little fucking God into our life? And that's when she was like, maybe I should have hired the uh, devil worshiping stripper then. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. She's basically like, so you're just upset that you can't sleep with her, that you don't want to sleep with her? Yeah. And he's like, sure. That's the fuck problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the fact that she's acting like this doll is real, but he can't say that, of course, because of her so it's that i kind of liked and found interesting and funny like the comical part of it because of the fact it's like he knows damn well why he's got a problem with it but he can't really express it to his wife because she don't think anything is wrong because she thinks the fucking baby is still over so um anyway next day comes and leanne's like or you know what the fuck her name? What's her name? um dorothy goes to work leanne's like she's gonna go run some errands or whatever and she's like, hey, can you keep an ear out for the baby? And he's just like, yeah, sure, bye, go. And then he's cooking and he's doing his thing. And then he hears a noise, like a cough. He thinks he's hearing shit. And then he goes upstairs into the baby's room and he looks down the crib. And what do we see? A living baby. Dun, dun, dun. In credits. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say that I felt like this first episode was pretty predictable. Like, it was, it that, was, I do. Yeah, once you, once you watch it and you see like, it's like, okay, this is not, that's not too far-fetched to think that that's how that was going to end at all. Episode two is called Wood. Um, so it starts off with Sean trying to figure out where the fuck his baby came from. Yeah, because clearly he's like, my baby is dead. Uh-huh. And at this point, I'm, I'm throwing out my possibilities of what's going to happen. Wait, 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 wait till we get a little further in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's trying to figure out where the baby came from. He calls Rupert Grant, a.k.a. what was his name? I don't remember what his name is. I don't remember. Whatever. I feel like it was something like John. It's something. So we'll just call him John for now. Sure. So they call John. <laughs> We're going to have to find out this dude's name by the next episode. <laughs> so don't look anything up. Still not. You have not. Have you Googled anything? Have you IMDb'd anything on this series? No, I haven't. All right. Good. Because there's something else we're going to get to. So let's just say John. He calls John. He's like, yo, what the fuck? So he brings him over. He tells her there's a baby in the fucking house. And he was like, what the fuck? You mean there's a baby here? Like, where did they get it from? And he's like, I don't know. That's why I called you. And he was like, he's like, I called you to investigate. Like, are there any, have you heard anything about any missing babies? So he's like trying to find out. He, he calls him back and he's like, yeah, there is a missing baby out there. And they're like, okay, well, whose is it? And he was like, yeah, unfortunately. And they say some really black name. Like, yeah. it wasn't like too over the top black, but it was definitely like, and he was like, yeah, it doesn't fit like... That ain't your baby. Because it ain't the baby that you got. Because that baby's clearly black. Um, that's missing. That baby don't look like you. Mm-mm. So we get, he has like, he first, the first splinter. Because because like now, anyway, this episode, Sean's getting like random fucking splinters. So he got Which one Which must his, suck. Splinters suck so bad. Splinters are trash. <laughs> first he gets one in his hand. Then he gets one in his foot when he was doing something. So then when he got the one in his foot, he then proceeds to sand down his entranceway. Because I guess that's where he thought he picked it up at. And then he gets one in his ass. Where did the one in his ass that he think came from? Is what I don't get. Like at that what point, made this okay for you? Yeah, like he never was, and because then he was in the room and she, his wife came in there and she was pulling it out, like helping him get it out. And it's like, where did you think you got? Is what I don't. I, unless I missed something, I don't know where the fuck he thought he got that. She from. barely asked any questions. So where do you think the splinter in your husband's butt is coming from? <laughs> I'd have questions. I don't know either. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. So John comes over and he, like they're trying to like get a read on this nanny to figure out like what the fuck is really going on here. Maybe try to figure out where this baby came from. So they're having dinner and they're talking and basically he's, he starts flirting with the nanny to try to basically the plan was for him to get to get close get to her. Get close to her. Yeah. In a weird way. So the problem, the reason why I don't like Rupert Grant in this is because he is faking. It's not even he doesn't even have a he doesn't even have a Philadelphia accent. It's just a American accent that gives the accent of what I would associate a a very just ignorant white man, it, ignorant East Coast Boston white man. And, not thing, Boston. and the sad part is like I don't his his accent I don't know where the fuck it's from. It's not from Philly. It's not from Boston. But he looks like a greaseball. 
but he, yeah. he, he looks mad greasy in this role period so it's just like it's kind of annoying but so he's flirting with her and it's like at one point you're wondering is he really like liking her or is it just an act and then Sean starts hacking like crazy and like coughing and like all right what the fuck is going on here and they're like hey you gonna leave the table because what it is like he had told him he's like yeah you want to introduce me to the nanny and hook up so that's how they ended up with this double dinner thing so he's coughing and you know he gets up and goes in the kitchen he's like hacking and then Uh, Dorothy gets up she's like oh I'm gonna go check on him basically and kind of see what's going on the dude fucking pulls a splinter out of his throat a big one and he's in there still like like what the fuck and how did this get into the soup and this was in the soup how because I guess the nanny like helped I guess she had helped her with the soup or whatever but then he pulls the wooden spoon out the soup pot and a chunk of it's broken off so it's like it looks like it's real because he's like this fucking house is falling apart like everything around here is falling apart that he thinks he's getting these splinters from random shit in the house Mm. is where he thinks they're coming from all right and at this point, because there was also another scene where Dorothy was doing something. like So right here, she goes into the fridge to pull out this cake. This light comes on. Like, you get, the, you get this bright light on her face. And it's like the sound, like she's not hearing what's going on around her. And she's like out of it. So there's these moments where you think like, is she going to remember? Is she remembering? Like, what are these scenes where this is happening to her? But then she doesn't come out of it. She comes right back to old crazy, like her current state or whatever. So it makes you think that at some point, she she may come out of this and be like, what the fuck is going on? Because yeah. also, at the end of this episode, when she take, when she goes to put the baby to bed, she was sitting there, and the way she was holding this baby was like she knew this wasn't her baby. Yeah, I feel like it's the fact that this baby's alive now, and she's going to have to actually be a mom to it, that that's what's going to snap her. Yeah, because I was really thought in this episode, like, she was going to start. It looked like she was going to cry while she was holding that baby. It's like she knew something was wrong. And then we get Sean and John down the kitchen <laughs> talking about how like maybe we should just let this whole well john anyway is like maybe we should just let this whole baby thing play out no one's reported a kid missing maybe we should just let her keep it maybe she'll be okay and he's like what the fuck do you let her keep it like no i mean it wasn't a bad idea i'd be like she already has it so yeah truly i mean it is not the worst idea but obviously like from a moral standpoint like where did this where did it come from mm, and if no one's looking for yeah but then you gotta wonder did like the crazy nanny steal a baby yeah cause I mean the way it looks like is the nanny brought the baby in the house so it's like did she go steal a baby from somewhere and whose baby did she steal so alright now your theory about what's what, what do you think so that's the end of the second that's how the second episode ends second episode ends so what are your thoughts so far on this I feel like I'm, I'm guessing that Sean is either dead or he killed the baby just because of how object he was to the baby being alive in the first place and how against it he still is. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I'm at. I am kind of thinking that this baby may have died because Dorothy. I think she did something neglectful, maybe. Like, I, I think there will be some. I, I will. I think that we will find out that the baby did not die of natural. First off. But I think I'm going to put it on Dorothy. I think Dorothy's the one who killed the baby some way accidentally and that's what triggered her catatonic state that's the and it just made her snap mm-hmm. so you're going with john did it i'm gonna go with dorothy or sean did it i'm gonna go with dorothy did it um you had another theory are you still rocking with that yeah that that sean's actually dead dead okay um again it's m night Shyamalan. he's known for doing someone's dead somewhere <laughs> so did you recognize the nanny no i didn't of course you didn't recognize the nanny. but you want to know who the nanny is yes the nanny is marcella baratheon Oh, well, you know what? That makes sense because I feel like Marcella was only in like three episodes. <laughs> yeah, the Marcella that told Jamie she knew he was her father and that she loved him and then she died. That was That's her. Oh. Obviously, she's got blonde hair and yeah. dark brown hair, but I was like, holy shit. She really makes up. a difference on people. It does. So that's that's who she is. We are going to keep watching. So we are only going to, to break down or spoil like two episodes each. Again, if you have Apple TV, you can check it out. If you've been thinking about getting Apple TV, we're not sponsored by Apple. Yes, yeah, so get it if you want it. <laughs> get it if you want it. I mean, a lot of people pay, already pay for a lot of shit. But if you do have it or you have it at your disposal and you're trying to figure out why the fuck do I have this or what am I watching, the servant's a good option. We're going to watch C. So C starts Jason Momoa. Yes, you That's know, all I know. You know, we love Jason Momoa. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, so all you didn't know about C is stars Jason Momoa. There's the oh, there was a third show, and there is also a show called Truth Be Told that stars. Ah, 
It stars Octavia Spencer mm-hmm. in it. So we will be checking that out. Um, it's a true. Oh wait, it's based. It's based on a true. Like the show follows a true crime podcast that she's investigating. So basically, it's it's a true crime film. It's probably very. It's probably like taken from the podcast serial where she was deep diving into these true crime stories and we're going to find but so those are the those are the three shows that we're going to check out on Apple Podcast and kind of get a feel for or hey if you don't want to get Apple I mean Apple TV feel free to just freaking listen to us spoil this shit out of stuff yeah just come here we'll, we'll be your Apple TV <laughs> plugs facts um Anything else are you watching? What else are you watching? Now, I'm watching Beastars still. Oh, Beastars. Yes. So, back to Netflix. There's an animated series called Beast Stars, and it takes place in a high school. Is it a performing arts high school, or is it just a, is it, or is it just a private high school? It's just a private high school. Okay. Um, it's an anime. It's an animated, I guess. Is it, I don't know if it's anime, because it's based. Yeah, it's, it's anime. Everything is based. Okay. There's a manga, though. So, okay. I guess it so if it's a manga, manga. There's, it's anime. <laughs> so, it follows these animals. They're creatures. They're animals. <laughs> I watched the first three episodes, and I was like, it was good. But I don't know why it's so hard for me to watch animated stuff. Although, I watched Death Note, but I don't know. Like I, I don't know if it's just not violent enough for me. It, some people don't like anime that's too cartoonish. Like, it's not... It doesn't have real people. Like, it's their animals. So it's kind of, it just has a level. That could be it. Although, I mean, it's pretty intriguing. Like the the main guy is this wolf that, okay. So the premise is, is one of the, one of the herbivores died Mm -hmm. or was murdered and he was attacked and they're going to, they're assuming he was killed by a carnivore and there's this, the wolf dude. So in one of the episodes, he did attack that bunny. Yeah, because his instincts started to kill. Yeah, so he attacked the bunny, and he was going to going to her to apologize. But then he realized she didn't remember who attacked her. But the interesting thing is this bunny starts, she, like, she thinks that he's coming on to her, and, like, he's coming there to have sex with her or whatever, like, flirt with her. So she literally starts, like, hey, let's take your shirt off, and let's take your pants off. Yeah, and he's like, yo, like, what the fuck are you together. doing? Yeah, she was very straightforward about what she was there for. And he's like, "That's not, I'm not here for that. Like, what is wrong with you? And she's like, oh, wait, you're not? Like, then why the fuck are you here? And why are you being nice to me type shit? So we learned that this bunny actually, like, sleeps around in this school. Yeah, and she has a reputation. Everyone keeps avoiding her. Yes. Um, I made it to episode three. So, like, I made it to, yeah, episode three when this other animal was talking about how, oh, she's so nice to me. And, she's a, and he was like, wait a minute, you mean that all white ra- bunny? And he's like, yeah. He's like, man, I had an experience with her too and it was great. And that's when we learn out that she's like sleeping around. The wolf has feelings for her. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, just explaining it out loud. You're just kind of like, all what right. What the fuck? <laughs> but I heard it's really, like, I'm not going to finish it. Like, I'm not going back. I'll finish it. I'll let you know how it is. Okay, you keep us up on that one. I did watch the follow-up for the Where Are They Now for Tiger King. Mm. Ain't no shit we didn't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to do it remotely, number one, obviously, because of social distancing. And then they just kind of, like, wanted to get it in. So, I don't know. It was weird. Um, you had the was... one the one thing that stuck out to me in that was the one husband who had no teeth and who was bald and had the tattoos. Mm-hmm. And who had, like, yeah, Joe's property. Yeah, he had all his shit fixed. He looked clean. And he was just like, he didn't like how the show made, the series made it look like he was a a meth head. He was like, I had been clean for years during, like, during this period of what you see here. He's like, I had been clean. He was like, so that's the one thing he didn't like, how he was represented. So he got his teeth fixed. He got his tattoo covered up. Um, And they show, and I think the last episode of the Tiger King, him getting his tattoo covered up. And it looks kind of half-assed. But I mean, how much can you do in a a big cover-up in one sitting? You can only do so much anyway. And that was another thing. He was like... He's like, at some point, I'll reveal my finished tattoo. He was like, but I do feel bad for my tattoo artist because he's gotten a lot of negative feedback based on that episode as well. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see it. Of course, there was no Carol. Carol was not in it. Wait, no, was she? I no. don't believe that she no. was. No, no Carol Baskins. Mm-mm, no Carol Baskins. And it's interesting. I, I almost feel bad for her because, and I, I mentioned this before, this is like the worst case of cyberbullying. Because just like everybody hates Carol Baskin. Even though Joe probably tried to have her killed. And we Most learned. Likely. Yeah, that he was, you know, not the greatest person. There have now videos surfaced of Joe saying the N-word. So we, I mean, granted. 
I was kind of, I knew it. It wasn't surprised. Yeah, I mean, are we surprised? Near. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. That, that, it's over. Tiger King is over. Tiger King is done. We are done with it. Anything else? No, I don't think. Are you checking out anything new? Um, no, um, not movie-wise. I've been really playing, like, putting work into Call of Duty. Um, I finally started Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have official release dates now for The Last of Us 2. will be coming out June 19th. Mm-hmm. You Go know, s- I did hear there were some leaks about that. Yeah, so someone, someone, I do not know who. I am not going to put it on anybody. Somebody leaked all the cutscenes from The Last Ooh, of Us 2. Please do yourselves a favor. A do not Google it. Do not look it up. Mute any Last of Us hashtags on social media. Avoid it. We have waited so long to get this game. People put in a lot of fucking hard work into this game. People have put in a lot of hard work into marketing and selling and training and talking about it, i.e. like... A lot of people. (laughs) So do not spoil the game for other people. Don't spoil it for yourself. If you are a Last of Us fan, you've been waiting for this. Just, you got your date. Now stay the fuck away from anything Last of Us related on the internet. Just don't do it. Um, There are, you know, fingers being pointed at who did it and why they did it. But I'm not going to touch on any of that shit. Um, And then Ghost of Tsushima also has a release date, which is July 17th. The day after my birthday, so mm-hmm. I will be MIA for a minute. Like, I'm taking PTO now. Because <laughs> like, we're still going to be inside, I'm sure. I don't think, like, outside's really going to open back up by that point. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, definitely I'm taking PTO not. days. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to be playing Ghost of Tsushima. That is... I like to work at home in peace. I like to not work at home. Uh, yo, I'll be working at home playing Ghost of Tsushima. That'll be my work at home. Work from home, literally. We'll be playing that game. And talking about it, I have been looking forward to an open world samurai game forever. I'm calling it now. It will probably be my game of the year. My personal game of the year. Not the Game Awards game of the year. Game of the year for the Game Awards is either going to be Animal Crossing or Last of Us. Oh, God. <laughs> like, let's be real. Animal. And I do think it'll be Last of Us just because there's an actual story to The Last of Us. But Animal Crossing is going to be nominated for game of the year. There's no way. Like it, I could see that, definitely. Just Fucking Danny Trejo is playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> they got I, machete so yeah I found a Walmart there's a Walmart that has Switch lights back in stock so I've contemplated it but I'm like like I I have enough of a PlayStation backlog I ain't got time to play nothing else I have not finished Resident Evil I've not finished Days Gone dang you haven't finished Resident Evil it's only 12 hours I mean honestly I played it release night for however many hours I played it and I have not picked it up so I'm just gonna dang. keep it a buck Predator Hunting Grounds also out, so you can pick up Predator Hunting Grounds. What else is out? What else came out? Um, uh, we got an announcement for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and that is going to be a next-gen game. The trailer for it is absolutely stunning. Um, it will be posted on our Instagram, so House of Lords on Instagram. You'll be able to find it. I mean, you just Google it also and find it. So if you, it, by the time this gets out, you'll probably, if you give a shit about it, you will probably have seen it already. Mm-hmm. Fucking amazing. Like... The cinematics, it's great. It's like, it's a fucking movie. I need to see gameplay, though. I need to see gameplay, because I haven't enjoyed an Assassin's Creed game, honestly, since, like, Black Flag. And Assassin's Creed does tend to do that, where they'll they'll have a whole bunch of cinematics. It's all pretty, but then when Mm -hmm. it comes to the gameplay, it's like, what what are we doing? Origins, I mean, I, I played Origins, and I liked what I played of Origins. I put it down and didn't finish it, but I enjoyed... I enjoyed Origins, playing Origins. So based on Origins, that's what's making me feel like, what is Valhalla going to be? Because the trailer is super violent. It's a battle scene out the gate, but I don't feel like you're going to be running around doing that the entire game. Like I just Yeah, that's like, just not Assassin's Creed. Yeah, and like, how are you parkouring off of things with all of that shit on? Like every other assassin in Assassin's Creed has been lightly garbed to where they are fast and light. These fucking Viking dudes have all of this shit on. <laughs> it's like, imagine Tormund Giants being jumping off a building. True. That's what I thought when I watched the trailer. I was like, this isn't... Again, although he hit him with the... At the end of it, he hit him with the uh, Ezio uh, wrist blade. So we do get the wrist blade. That is back. Again, I feel like Assassin's Creed's are Assassin's Creed name only. Like, there's not a whole lot of tie anymore to the original concept. Yeah, okay. like the storyline. Yeah, so okay. I feel like they just, they literally threw that wrist blade in there. 
just so we knew that it was Assassin's Creed. Because otherwise... Just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, this is not... It didn't... From that cinematic trailer, this is not like an Assassin's Creed. It looked like you made Hard Home into a video game. Ooh. The battle at Hard Home. Like, that's what it looked like minus zombies. But that like, could still be fun. That, no. I, feel like I mean, fun. it can be, and I feel like it's going to be great, but again, I'm not going into it... Like, I'm going into it with... It's just... It's Assassin's Creed in name only. This is going to be a totally just different game. So, I mean, if you're like me and you thoroughly enjoyed Black Flag and some of the previous Assassin's Creed games, just go into it with an open mind and just... It's going to be... A, I don't know what it's going to be because I ain't seen gameplay, so I can't mm-hmm. say what the fuck is... Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think that's the first next-gen game. First multi-console next-gen game that we have, had, that we have confirmed at this point because previous... Prior to now, it's only been exclusives that have been talked about. So, I mean, this is technically E3 season. Like, E3 would be happening... Right now, but you know... Is it right now? Would it have been right now? Or would it have been... Next month, I believe. Yeah, I think right now is kind of the start of it. And then it was in June. I believe E3 is in June. Would have been in June. So, yeah, Xbox is doing an announcement, I believe, on the 7th. That's supposed to show, like, some gameplay so we can see what it actually looks like playing games on it. So, yeah. So, uh, I'm sure after we watch that, we'll talk about it some more. And then we'll also be back with the next couple episodes of Servant. Yeah, The Servant. We'll talk about that. So, I think that's a podcast. That's the podcast. So, remember to follow us on the social medias. You can find us at Houseboards on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. And until next time, take care of yourselves and be good to each other.